Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Every time I come out, I have this mask fail. Have y'all noticed this yet? Thank you for not judging me. Look at this. I'll, I'll get it. Give me one second. I had another fail in the line for food yesterday when I ate soup. Anybody eat some soup yesterday? And I got a little bit. I was getting it out of the pot. <clears throat> And I got a little bit on my finger. And I immediately said, oh, let me just lick my finger. And forgot I had a mask on. Y'all ever do that before? This mask, this mask. I've had an amazing weekend with you this weekend. How was this weekend for y'all? Y'all have fun? RVR is an amazing, amazing place. You know, I was able, I grew up in youth group. I had the honor of being a youth pastor for a number of years. Um, and one of the things that I really appreciate, even to this day, I have, I've, I've been able to officiate weddings for those who are in my youth group. Um, I'm not that old. I sound old, don't I? Don't, you're not judging me, are you? You said yes. Okay. Um, what'd you say? How old am I? How old do you think I am? Somebody said 110? All right, let me see what do leaders think. How old do leaders think I am? 42? 51. All right, so in December of this past year, 2021, I turned 40. So I'm 40 years old. Some people are close. 1981. Yeah. But this is what I want to do before I get started. I always love to just acknowledge that as much as RVR has done for you this weekend, as much as I've loved being with you this weekend, um, there were people in your lives that have been with you, have driven many miles with you. I, I bet you they've heard you burp before. I bet they're the ones every morning this weekend smelled your morning breath. They've probably smelled somebody past gas. They've probably been there for you when you've cried. They've been there for you when you've rejoiced. And I just think it's important to just thank people when they're around us and have done something. So before you thank them, what I want you to do, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to look at your leaders who have been pouring into your life in so many ways. And I want you to make as much noise. Make them feel embarrassed. See if you can get any of them to blush. Make as much noise, just shouting and clapping for them, letting them know how much you appreciate. On the count of three. Uh, one, two, three, go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, so this is our last time together this morning. I just want to share some words with you um, to encourage you as you go back home and as you re-engage life. I'm going to start with the verse we've been starting with all weekend, which is Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> verse 10. It says this, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I... We've been talking about the collecting the dots before we connect the dots because God works in such big and amazing and fascinating ways. And sometimes we think God is small, but God is so much bigger. So collect the dots as much as you can. And one of the things I have learned in my own life is there's been times when I've said, this retreat was amazing. And I go back and all the amazing songs we've been singing, 
I start getting them all on my playlist. And you might have this moment. A week or two from now, you're like, how do I get that same feeling again? Let me play that song. You're like, nah, that's not doing it, right? How do I do that? Let me look at the pictures. How do I get that same feeling? Here's my encouragement to you. Do not pursue the feeling of this weekend. Pursue the God who gave you the experience. Engage more in the scriptures. Engage more in prayer. God will continue to encounter you in time and time again and in many, many different ways. You will feel tempted to say, I want to relive this weekend. I want to encourage you to pursue the God who has loved you enough to encounter you. When I was about six years old, my grandmother was my Sunday school teacher. And she said to us in Sunday school class, what do you want to be when you get older? And it got my turn. And I said, I want to be like Martin Luther King, true story. And I want to bring people together. Now, I don't even know where that came from. But I believe it was just God's calling in my life. I used to walk around the house. I grew up in South Baltimore in a pretty poor neighborhood, something they call a project. So it wasn't that big of a space. And I had a thick old Webster's Dictionary. And I would open it and walk around my house as if I was preaching like Martin Luther King at the age of six. I had no idea what I was going to do when I got older. And maybe you have a sense of what you want to do, but maybe you feel like I have no idea all the answers. It is okay not to have them because God has a big plan. He has works for you that he has already prepared in advance. So I get older, and I used to think, I want to be like Martin Luther King, and this is what that means. I'm going to go in a corner where people don't like each other, and I'm going to sing... Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, right? Come by here. And everybody would say, this is what we've been waiting for. Just that kid to sing that song and bring everybody together. Does anybody here know how hard it is to get people to love each other? Woo-wee. I didn't know that at six. I know a lot more at 40. But I want to tell you a little bit of my story so I can show you how God connected the dots for me to encourage you how God will miraculously surprise you on his journey called faith. <clears throat> so when I was, met my wife, we went, met at a church in Baltimore City, and I knew I wanted to do ministry in the city. I grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood, and I was like, God, you've given me something. I want to go back and give it to others. And my, my wife grew up from a very different background. She grew up in California, sunny California in the nice suburbs of California. So we have very different backgrounds, but Jesus, his work in our lives brought us together. And then I got a job to be a youth pastor in Timonium, Maryland. And my wife and I was like, I don't know why God's calling us to Timonium, because we feel like we're supposed to do something in the inner city of Baltimore. I don't know if y'all know where Timonium is. It's very, very different than the inner city of Baltimore, right? So we go, I go and be a youth pastor. I serve there, and it's very different. It's a church that's predominantly white and has a lot of wealth. And I got to tell you, I love being there because it exposed me to people in different ways of worship, like I said before, that I didn't know before. Something else it showed me. We all got sin. Y'all know that? We all, y'all, we all, we all. I don't care what color you are, what zip code you live in. I don't care how much money you make. We all have sin. So I knew when I was there, God, you have brought me from a place where it was predominantly black to a place of predominantly white. I know that you are leading me as I'm collecting the dots. You are leading me to experience people's lives in many, many different places. How will you use me to bring them together? So at some point, as a guy at Grace, I'm on staff and I'm walking through our, our large church building. And there's this guy sitting there eating lunch by himself. I say, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, my name's Brian. I come here during my lunch break. I work across the street. I come to the church building to eat lunch and read the Bible. Can I join you? He said, yeah. 
So every day I will meet with this complete stranger, Brian, in the church building and just read the Bible together. I never knew that Brian would eventually join the church, that Brian would become one of our youth leaders. And here's this. A few years later, we started a church in southwest Baltimore, my wife and I and some others, and we're in the inner city of Baltimore, and we're there to bring people together from different cultures and different economic backgrounds. I want to see Jesus work in a powerful way, and he's been doing that. And guess who moved into the city? Brian. Remember, I want you to remember, when God was calling me to the suburbs, I'm like, God, I thought you called me to the city. Why would you call me to the suburbs? And God's like, I have work for you to do. I need you to meet some people. I need you to have some dots for the work I want to do. So Brian moves into the city with his wife, who also happened to be a youth leader. And guess what? Brian is now on staff without church in the inner city doing ministry in Baltimore because I met him at our church in the suburbs eating a sandwich in the building. Never could have thought that. I could tell you a million stories. I could tell you one more. Our worship leader right now leading worship at our church, she's an African-American woman. She's married to a black man, and they have four amazing kids. And this man started a ministry in West Baltimore working with kids in the roughest of areas. He has 200 kids that come out every single weekend to learn about Jesus Christ. Now, this woman went to Morgan State University. I played football at Morgan State University. My best man at my wedding was a football player, a teammate of mine. This woman went to Morgan State the exact same time I was there. And guess what? We never met. All of our friends are the same friends. We never met until I moved into the neighborhood. She was living there with her husband, doing ministry. And she was like, hey, I want to lead worship. I said, great. And we kept doing ministry. And at some point, she would say a name like, how do you know so-and-so? How do you know so-and-so? And then we realized our lives had already crossed paths at Morgan. We didn't meet there. Probably wasn't time for us to meet. And we met here in the same place doing God's ministry and God's work. If I would have tried to make the story of what God has done on my own, if I, when I was six, said, I'm called to bring people together and I'm going to do it, it would not have been as majestic and as beautiful and as big and as glorious as God has done on his own. The scriptures tell us this, what God has begun by his spirit, let us not seek to fulfill by our flesh. That God has begun a good work in you is also faithful to complete it. I'm saying all this to say to you, you might not know all the answers, that's fine. But just follow God's guidance. Because God's plan is always, 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 always bigger and larger than our own. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. I want to find out your favorite dessert. If you had a dessert, you're going home, it's been a long weekend, and your parents, you get home, your, fa- your family says, what do you want for dessert tonight? What would you say? Ice cream. What kind of ice cream? <laughs> Mint chocolate chip. I hear some. What? Peppermint stick. Cheesecake. Cheesecake? What kind of cheesecake? Strawberry cheesecake. Apple dumplings. Let's hear brown- brownies. Any kind of brownies? Pop, who, who said popcorn? Like, any kind of popcorn? Normal movie theater popcorn. Okay. Ice cream cake. Ice cream cake. All right, so here's the deal. If you were to go home and get your favorite dessert tonight, I just want you to remember this as you leave this weekend. There is a difference between dessert and a difference between birthday cake. Y'all with me? 
Whenever you eat dessert, let's even say you get cake. Let's say you go home and your family says, we have cake for you. Here's a slice of cake. Oh, we have movie theater popcorn. That's very specific. Here's your popcorn. Usually we receive that, that dessert, we receive that treat, and we eat it. And a lot of times we view the good news of Jesus Christ in the same way. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we taste and we say, Lord, this is good. Thank you for giving this to me. What happens when we have birthday cake? When the birthday cake comes out, everybody in the room knows that's for us. Right? It's not for you. When the birthday cake comes out and it's brought out and we sing happy birthday to you, all you get to do is cut the first slice. But everybody in the room have the shared expectation that that delight, that treat, that goodness is for all of us. I believe the good news of Jesus Christ is more like birthday cake. That when we receive and taste and see that the Lord is good, the Lord says, I am giving this to you to share with others. I don't know what that looks like for you. It might be going home and telling a friend. Maybe going home and telling a family member or a neighbor that the goodness of God that you've experienced this weekend. But I don't want to just say it for this weekend. I want to say it for every moment you have in life and encountering God, that whenever you taste and see, whenever the dots connect and something is more glorious, whenever the tapestry of God's kingdom becomes more glorious, it's never just for you alone. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, and this is what I try to live by, have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, which was this, though considered equal to God, did not use it to his own advantage, which means this, he used it for our advantage. He died on the cross for our gain. Have the same mind in you. Whenever God gives you something, a gift, an opportunity, space, the goodness of God's love, when God gives you his peace, whatever he gives you something, how do you use that same thing to the benefit of others? On a lighter note, could you eat a whole birthday cake anyway? That might be a test next time we come back next year. See who can do that and keep it down. <laughs> All right. I am going to end with this. I have thoroughly enjoyed being with you. I'm going to share one last thought that's going to be on the slide, but I want you to hear why I do what I do. I am convinced that everyone in this room is created in the image of God. I'm convinced that because of that, we all have something I call divine, which means God, divine dignity inside of all of us. I'm convinced when we believe and put our faith in Jesus Christ, we're not only God's creation, we are then transformed in a new life, and we are God's children. And that means for me, when I look at a room filled with people, I have the opportunity to just encourage you in the dignity that God's already given you. There is no greater wealth in this world than a soul that reflects the glory of God. I believe that. And the privilege I have, whatever your story will be, however God uses you, the privilege that God has given me to have a weekend to encourage you and who God has created you to be is a great honor for me. So thank you for listening, not falling asleep, but also thank you for allowing me to tell you and remind you of the good love of Jesus. I want to end with this last thought on the screen. Many times in life, you will walk through life, you'll be reminded of your sin. 
You'll be reminded of your brokenness. You might be reminded of your insecurities. We're human beings who will have that. You will look at this world. You'll be reminded of the mess in this world. And you will rack your mind, oftentimes, trying to figure out how do we fix the problems in the world, in this life, in my home, in myself. I believe as you engage the scriptures more, you'll see that maybe the focus isn't about fixing problems but fulfilling promises. Because we have a God who already has created good works for us in advance for us to do. The remedy to all the problems in the world, guess where that remedy is? Where's the solution already? It's in Jesus. What if it isn't about fixing problems but fulfilling promises? That God has made a promise to you, about you, to us, about us, for this world. And that we are living by faith to see that promise fulfilled. What if that is the focus of what this journey is all about. Let me pray for us, and again, what a joy to be with you this weekend. Lord, I thank you that you, you are making a grand kingdom tapestry. You already have a design, and in that design, you have already considered the problems and brokenness of this world. In that design, you've already taken into account not only the sins that we are aware of in our lives. You've already taken into account the sins and mistakes we'll make in our future. You already know them. And even still, you have a kingdom tapestry, a kingdom plan that will work towards the fulfillment of your promises. Lord, I pray for every person in this room. Every person in this room. Lord, that the purposes that you've spoken over us to fulfill the promises of your kingdom, that they will be fully realized in our lives, that we will be filled with the fullness of life, that we would experience that life abundantly you've come to us, given us to live. And that, Lord, that baggage, that sin, that we would cast it aside and run the race that you have marked out for us with our eyes set on you, Lord Jesus. We have tasted and seen that you are good. And now we desire to share that sweetness with those of us around us. Lord Jesus, what you have begun here this weekend, may you fulfill that promise that you are faithful to fulfill it. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, can we just thank George for being here with us this weekend? We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.